Time podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Cam Big Fella Rowe. Cam is indeed a big fella. He is a Detroit area comic, and his big guy's a big comic, and we're going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. Here's the thing about being a parent, though. Like, I'm broke right now. So to save money, I just need my son to my cousin's daycare. When I tell you guys it's the most ghetto daycare you've ever seen in your life, like, how do you own a daycare and you don't have custody of your own kids? <laughs> I got to do better for my baby. Oh, Cam, thank you very much for joining us in the Clean County Time podcast. Cam, we are excited to talk to you. We're so happy that you are here. Thank you, guys. I'm glad to be here. Clean Comedy Time. That means I can't cuss, right? That's right. That's... If it happens, we'll just use the squeaky toy and get that out of there. <laughs> Well, Cam, in that clip that we just heard, uh, we, we heard about the uh, the ghetto child care that your son is in. How old is your son now? So my son, is he, he's five now. When I lived in California, I had a cousin who um, went to uh, Dick. So I, so I used to live in California. I'm from yep. Michigan. But um, <clears throat> yeah, there was a, it was a, you know, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, it was a daycare that I could afford at the time. So sure. I put him in there and, uh, you know. <laughs> My cousin had a custody battle oh. a while ago, but, you know, obviously got that squared away. But yeah. I thought it made for a good joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great joke. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, so uh, the clips that we're listening to were from the uh, Somerset Campground show that uh, we did uh, back in July. Uh, we had a, I don't know, we had a great time there. Um, I, the audience just really seemed to be uh, enjoy it. It was uh, a sort of outdoor show under a big tent, like a circus, big green and white striped tent. Um, and and we weren't expecting that, but it worked out great. I thought it did. It did. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I, you know, kids were in the audience. I didn't know what to expect. I even got heckled by a couple kids. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> you did. I love that show. It was, it was a little scary though. Cause like, like 10 minutes before showtime, there was not many people. And then, and then two minutes before showtime, just somebody rang the bell and people just flooded in. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good couple hundred people there. It was nice. Yeah. It was Um, really nice. About how long have you been uh, at uh, comedy? I've been doing comedy about eight years now. Wow. It doesn't even seem that long now, but yeah, about eight years. (laughs) I know it's like, it's crazy. It just sneaks up on you, man. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been doing, I started in LA. I started, um, performing kind of you know open mics different stuff like that and i was i moved to hollywood and when i moved to hollywood i met a guy who um asked me to he well first he asked me did i want to work security mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. was like uh no not really then he was like well on my tv show i have a tv show i want you to be the security guard and i said oh that's a different story yeah totally I, I, different. You know. and I'll then that guy was a, oh what was that I'll pretend to do security. I'll pretend, exactly. (laughs) And come to find out, he was a stand-up comedian. I've been doing comedy for like two weeks, and he asked me how long I've been doing comedy. I I, I told him six months so I could sound like a vet. (laughs) 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 And uh, he really took me under his wing, man. He started putting me on shows. I I mean, early on, I was hosting where I had to be clean. 
Yeah. So he could get on stage and be as, as dirty as possible. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I learned I learned how to work clean early, which I think is really, really important. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the old adage, uh, clean comedy is green comedy. You can yes. get paid if you can work clean. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and then so you started doing comedy in Los Angeles uh, and then moved back to Detroit. And it's usually I, the other I way around. That is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it you is start, really start in around. L.A. and work your way up to uh, West Michigan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I thought you had to move to L.A. to do comedy. So I was actually working for a tobacco company um, and. You know, they moved me out to L.A. That was like my ter- – I was a territory sales manager. That oh, okay. was my territory, Los Angeles. And um, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be out here, and I'm going to – I didn't know what I want to do at first. I knew I wanted to do something with, like, television. I wanted to be on television, and uh, I used to love sitcoms. I, I still love sitcoms. I always wanted to be on sitcoms. I said, most of these guys who are the stars of these sitcoms started doing stand-up. So that's mm-hmm. where that came from. So, like, Seinfeld, Cosby, all those people, that's, you know – uh, stand up was their bread and butter, and I started doing it, and I I loved it. You had some fun. You did some things in L.A. How long were you out there? I was in L.A. for about eight years. I didn't start doing stand up right away when I was in L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if I've ever even told Aaron this. Uh, I lived in Los Angeles for about a year, kind of right out of college. Like, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna be an actor, and I'm gonna. I'm going to just do that. And, um, and I worked as a security guard. (laughs) 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 uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, six, one, a little bit on the burly side, but not, you know, not, you know, in your league. Um, yeah, Cam, you're, you're six, nine, right? Yes. Six, nine. (laughs) Way about too much. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And, and for me, it was really just like, I was a good security guard, like in a record store. (laughs) <laughs> so you know i can like walk around and and be like oh he's watching i'm not gonna no they weren't they weren't thinking i was gonna throw anybody out of the record store it was it's really just i would be watching and uh so yeah uh it, and i you know shoplifters all the time and i would follow them out and bring them back in and stuff and um but uh y- yeah Security guards, I don't think it's ever what you think it is. But then you ended up playing a security guard on a TV show. How did that go? Yeah, so it was a TV show called Storage Hunter. So the guy, Sean Kelly, who uh, I guess I don't want to say discovered me, but he you know, he saw me walking down the street and asked me to be on his show. He was a comedian, and he actually created this television show. So you guys have seen probably Storage Wars, all those storage shows. He actually was the first guy to create that concept. Mm. and um him and his buddy were actually working on the concept for storage wars his buddy stole the idea and sold it to a and e so he had to come up with storage hunters which is kind of like the it looked like the bootleg it looked like he was copying him but he actually created the, the oh, entire idea man so, um yeah so you know he did manage to get a show on as a competitor it definitely was not as big as storage wars um storage wars actors they had their own trailers and you know, making really, really good money. And, you know, we, we were on the opposite side of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever see me uh, running something called Clean Comedy Hour, you will know. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. That things didn't work out. Didn't so d- work does out. that mean yeah. I would be in a fancy trailer? Yes, you would be in a fancy trailer. 
at a campground for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Cam, uh, I, I don't want to dwell on uh, how tall you are too much, but uh, you did talk about that a little bit uh, at our show. So I don't know if you guys can tell on the stage, but I promise you, I'll stand next to you after this show. I'm, I'm a tall guy, big guy, tall guy. I'm six foot nine, you guys. Right? That's right, six nine. <laughs> Now, don't Google me. I didn't make it. It's okay. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, did play it? No, I didn't. Actually, well, here's the thing. I'm six foot nine. You know, I'm a six foot nine guy who failed at sports. <laughs> Let me say it again. I'm a six foot nine black guy <laughs> who failed at sports. Right? And I really like the black sheep in my family because I come from a sports family. Like my cousin Willie Crawford, he was six foot four. Won a World Series with the L.A. Dodgers back in the day. Right? Yeah, not only that, my father, Curtis Rose, six foot seven. He's a Marsh Madness legend. He won three national championships for UCLA under Coach John Wooden. Yeah. Then in 1971, he got drafted by the Detroit Pistons. And he became an NBA All-Star. I'm Cam Rowe. I was six foot nine. My last job was at Coney Island, you guys. <laughs> They're like, your boy play ball? Like, for like, no, he can make the heck out some chili cheese fries. <laughs> and uh, I think I do need to explain for those people who are listening outside of Michigan, a Coney Island is a diner. <laughs> yes. And, and they specialize in putting chili on things. <laughs> chili on everything yes boy, omelets <laughs> burgers yeah boy that, that kid uh was relentless with you cam <laughs> yeah i know i told you getting heckled by the kids i, I love it, it was awesome. yeah oh and i'm so glad that uh our camera and microphone and everything picked that yeah. up because boy that kid was the kid was hilarious, <laughs> yeah. man. He was crushing it. <laughs> oh, and you handled it so well. You just, you know, worked with him and stuff. Of so course. That was yeah, or, of her, course. or her, or her, yeah, I can't tell Yeah, I can't go back at the kids. Only my own kids. But yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you come from this this kind of sports legacy family and yeah. everything. And and then um and then chili cheese fries. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, Willie Crawford, that's true. Um he is my cousin, is my dad's first cousin. He played um, Major League Baseball. He's actually the best athlete in my family, everyone says. He ran track. He played football. And um, he also was a Major League Baseball player. He played uh, 12 years in the Major Leagues for the Dodgers. And, yeah, just an incredible athlete. And then comes my father, who played at UCLA. He's from – they're both from South Central Los Angeles. But my father played uh, with John Wooden at UCLA you know, back in the years when they never lost and he won three national championships, two of those championships was without Kareem or without Bill Walton. So oh. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. And then, yeah. then comes to me. I mean, I was okay. I didn't really, you know, people had big high hopes cause I was taller than my dad, bigger than my dad, but you know, you, you got to work hard and you gotta, you gotta have some type of skill up front, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> I think and it skips if, every generation. I think my son oh, will be good. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Good. Um, and then there were the chili fries. And I I played sports in high school and a little bit in college. And I'll tell you right now, it was the chili fries that did me in. I'm telling you, that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, making a good chili cheese fry, uh, that also skips a generation. So. Oh, <laughs> that is a shame. That should 
that should always be passed down as part of the oral tradition for sure. It should. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I remember the, the first time I saw you, um, you, you had done, uh, that bit, you, you introduce yourself because, uh, a lot of people can say things like, you know, I know what I look like and here I am. This is what I look like. And yeah, yes. you're, you're, you're a mountain of a man. And I mean that in the most complimentary, uh, fearful way. Uh, but, um, it's, it's, it's self-deprecating and also, um, you know, you come out as the hero there, uh, you know, you become identifiable that people yes. just don't see you as like, you're, cause how many people in the audience are like, oh yes, we also played for the Dodgers <laughs> in the world series <laughs> and March madness with UCLA and coach Wooden. so many of us have done, you know, that's not the part they identify with. Exactly. Um, well, and it, yeah. and it's interesting though too, because I mean, immediately your you know teddy bear uh, personality comes through, and if there is mm -hmm. anybody in the audience that's intimidated by you visually, you know, as soon as you start talking, it it, it warms them up and makes them feel call safe and cozy. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean, and that's that's just I've always been that way. That's that's how I am. You know, that's not a persona. Like that's just I've always been a teddy bear. I've always tried to. Even when I try to intimidate people, once they get to know me, they're like, yeah. Okay. And I think you had said that uh, in, in a bit as well, where you, they asked you to be a security guard. And I'm like, I don't think that's me. Um, <laughs> where they, you know, like you were, you'd be like, can I hug them? Can I, you know, what, what do you <laughs> Yeah, exactly, man. Like, you know, I mean, that's. I've always been that way. I mean, I've I've been in a couple fights, but not you know. I'm I'm more definitely a, a lover, not a fighter. So I've always tried to be the peacemaker. Even if I one person you know that I fought, which I probably did win. I was a kid, like ten or eleven. Sure. But I just felt so horrible. Like I just yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, man, I'm so sorry. Like I'm like I don't want to get in fights just because I just felt how bad I felt after afterwards. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just that, me. I can't, you know, I can't shake that. I wish I could. If I was meaner, I'd probably be in the NBA or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played football. And so there's the, it's like, this is the game. So you, you know, you're all padded up and you run into each other. Um, yeah. But I, I was in a couple of fights in, you know, grade school and high school and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But never since then, of course. Um, And, and that's exactly my experience too, is you just, ah, oh, you just feel terrible. Like, yeah, I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to this. You, you, you feel like oh, I was a bully. I was it's just terrible. So, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I know I thought about that. So that'd be a good job, you know, talking to those like real mean players, you know, like DeMarcus Cousins or somebody <laughs> like, hey, man, just chill out. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be nicer, DeMarcus. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> so you could be like a sports motivational speaker. Yeah, motivational. <laughs> Get everybody to just be be calm. Hey, yeah, guys. be calm. You know, hey like, be, you know, be mean on the court, but, you know, off the yeah. court, be nice. It's just a <laughs> game. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made it to the NBA. I'm a counselor. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking also about some of the things that you talked about. Uh, your family likes pranks. Yes. Yes. And my father is the, the biggest prankster. He loves to have fun. Like, um, and I, I say it to my stand-up, which is totally true. My father used to pull up, especially in his heyday when he was in the NBA, driving nice cars. 
even in college, he was driving nice cars. I don't want to touch on that, but (laughs) (laughs) every time he had a nice car, he would drive, he would pull up next to a white person and they would make eye contact. He would lock his doors. (laughs) (laughs) He He would do it like so much. So I would be like, dad, stop doing that to these white people, man. Like that's that's (laughs) These underprivileged people, stop doing that. Come on. They can't help it. I know. I, know. They can't. I really did. I thought it was wrong. I thought it was so wrong. But when I got older, I realized, oh, man, that's really funny. Uh-huh. Now, but isn't your mom also a pretty good prankster? She is. She is. She, my mom is a realist. Like, she will not. She doesn't sugarcoat anything, and you know she'll tell you exactly how. I don't even think she tries to be funny. She's just so honest, and she just comes across as very funny. <laughs> that's the best. You know, that's just her. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. And she, like, she'll be dead serious, but she, she's so. Everybody thinks she's funny. She, she doesn't though. That's the funny part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does she listen to podcasts? Are you going to get in trouble for this? Yeah. No, no, I might. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's funny, man. Like my mom will be like. I posted something, you know, I said back in, you know, when I was in high school, like, you know, 1999, the late 90s, she would say, Cam, come, you know, you better clean this room up. And I, you know, I said, dang, I can't wait till I get older. I don't have to listen to what she said and I'll get my own place. She pulls up to my house like, Cam, you need to clean these gutters. Get these gutters clean right now. I'm like, oh, it it never ends. Yeah. And uh, and then you uh, you're married. Your your wife. Uh, I remember uh, you telling us that she's from Compton. Yes. Yeah. And did you, did you meet her out in L.A. when you were there? Or I did. did you, I did. did. I met meet? her. I met her in a. Um, it was. I actually met her through a mutual friend. So one of my friends who had just moved out there, his now wife, um, knew my wife, and then they introduced us. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and she lived out of state. And then we just became friends because I had a girlfriend. So we were friends for like two years and I got to know her. And then I don't even know how we started dating. I think I'm trying to remember. She was out of state. That's, I mean. Well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what happened. But yeah, I guess over time we just started because we would always hang out. But we, you know, we were just friends. And then this one thing led to another, I guess. I'm just trying to think the actual moment. And I'm not saying my wife is like a thug or a gangster just because she's from Compton, but. Just to be safe, I'm going to wear the color blue around. <laughs> for, for the 4th of July, I had to wear red, white, and red just to be safe. <laughs> and then, I haven't been married that long, only like a few years, but I think men and women, like, they handle it differently in terms of the engagement process. I mean, women, you are genuinely happy for your female friend when you find out that they're getting married, Right? Like, he'll post it on social media, like, oh, my God, I guess who's getting married? I'm so excited. Guys, we don't do that. We find out our boy is getting married. We act like somebody died. <laughs> like, they'll be like, what? Cam Rose getting married? Oh, man, I just seen him last week. <laughs> I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> I I have to give the audience credit Uh right out of the gate because you started with the you know you don't wear the color blue around her yeah and they and they laughed yeah. i couldn't like, believe yeah. it you guys know what that means <laughs> <laughs> it was a church campground <laughs> audience <laughs> and they got it <laughs> and then, every, everybody's happen? seen the movie colors come on <laughs> oh okay. yeah i guess that's what it is, right. is that what yeah. it is? <laughs> 
yeah, I was I was shocked. I was like, oh man, that's a that's a good laugh. They got it. They got it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you had the kind of a straight out of Compton experience and they were more of the straight out of cotton balls. <laughs> well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Cam, thanks uh, so much for sharing in that first half there. That was a lot of fun to relive some of those moments from that show. Uh, in, the, in this podcast, though, uh, we do end up digging a little bit deeper. We like to know what's going well and what you're struggling with. So what's something that's going well for you, Cam? Um, Definitely, for me, comedy, I always like to look at in the positive light. So comedy is doing well. I think I'm in a good space with, you know, with my just with my family, I mean, I think um, being in the quarantine, you did have I did have um, a closer relationship with my kids. I felt like I was gone all the time, so I got to like know them more. I just thought that was awesome. So just different stuff like that, and I've just learned as I've gotten a little older to just look at the positive side of everything. Man, that's that's a big deal. What you just said that during yeah. quarantine you got to know your kids better, huh? Yeah, I felt like I got to know them like <laughs> much, much better. That's awesome. That's awesome. Who are these kids? Huh. <laughs> I know. I know. You, I, you don't even realize. You know, even though they're little people, they have feelings too. They go through stuff. Like I totally like. Not that I didn't. I wasn't aware, but you know, as a parent, you're just focusing on, you know, being the provider or whatever it is, and you know, you, you got to really take time to at least for me, spend more time with them, not just being there, but actually being involved more. And that's something that I definitely improved on. Yeah. Well, and it's great to hear that that's something that, that you say is going well, that like those relationships are deeper, you're knowing them more. And Yeah, for sure. And I didn't even realize, you know, how, you know, cause you go through the motions of going to work and then with stand up, it was a lot of traveling I was doing just like around the Midwest and stuff like that. So I'd be gone on the weekends and, um, you know, yeah, so it was, it was a good, it was a good break. And I recognize that. So now I know I can improve that in the, in, in the future, especially since I talk about them all the time in my stand up. <laughs> have, have they heard your stand up? Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit, you know, they can't hear everything, but, um, yeah, they like it. My, you know, my son, um, my 13 year old, I mean, I caught, he technically is my stepson, but I just, I only use that for the joke, but uh, I've really I've been in his life since he was two, so I don't really he doesn't really know anything um, more than just you know than just me. His his biological father is not a, around as you know he should be, but you know so 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 early on, uh, how, how did you approach that with with him? Um. Well, <laughs> funny thing is my um my stepson's biological father, he was, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Oh, it's a clean comedy show. So I can't say anything <laughs> nice right now. I may be bad, but no, no, he, um, he got to, his biological father got to know him when he was about four. I was already in his life and he was just stressing. Like, you need to call me father. You need to call me that this man that he just met 
And the only reason why he met him is because he got a, I believe, a, a child support letter or whatever it was. But um, so he 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 took the took the approach like, oh well, since I'm going to be in your life, you're, like you have to call me this and have to call me that. And then my stepson came to me when he was about four, four and a half or five, and he said, you know, he he called him, you know, by his name. He said he's making me call him dad. He said, but can I call you dad? Oh man, and that's how that happened. So I said, wow, you know, and I didn't have biological children at the time um but I, and i took that serious i said yeah absolutely you can Man, you know and then he's been he's been calling me dad ever since sounds like that was a That's really terrific. powerful conversation yeah it was i mean i was i was uh, you know i'm a little sensitive anyway but i was definitely teary-eyed over that so That's cool for sure yeah Special boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and I, I ask about that because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, my oldest daughter, who's in every way, shape and form, uh, my, my daughter, uh, I adopted her uh, when she was two years old and my wife and I got married. And, uh, it's, it makes for some interesting dynamics, uh, when, yeah. when dad is also stepdad, what is that? You know, how do you handle it? And, um, you know, from pretty much as early as, uh, she can remember, I was dad, but we also, uh, told her about, uh, um, how that came to be. And, uh, and I'm glad that we were honest with her about, you know, me being dad, but also me uh, adopting her into that, into that role. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And she's, she's great. Uh, she's, she's probably my favorite kid. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> this, this your is other a, daughter and your son understand that. Of course. This, this is a test to yeah. see which of my kids uh, listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Like, I tell my I tell my stepson all the time. I say, "Look, I chose you. These other two, I didn't have a choice." <laughs> there you go. But I chose you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, I mean, that's that's commendable, man. Because uh, you know, kids need a strong father figure in their life, and uh, for you yeah. to step into that role, I, that's that's commendable. I, I think that's awesome. And again, I just think that you looking back over this last year and a half and seeing the benefits and seeing the positive outcomes of really becoming even closer with your family and getting to know them better. That's, that's awesome. I commend you for that, my friend. Yeah. And like, you don't even realize it, you know, you're just going through life and you know, you're, you're like, Oh, I'm here, but you know, it's gotta be more than just being there, just being present, you know, Mm -hmm. be present in their lives, being involved. So yeah, that's something that I definitely like, I got to do a better job at that. You know, it's it's not anything that they complained about or something I didn't even realize I was doing and, um, you know, everything was fine, but, you know, I realized, you know, you can improve, you can do better, you can be better. Well, and and that, that right there, man, to, that's big to admit, to say, yeah. Hey, this is a shortcoming that I saw and I've corrected yeah. it and I'm better for it. I mean, that's a lot of people and myself uh, at times, you know, it's, it's difficult to admit when we fall short. Uh, and, and yeah, man, but so much good comes from it when we just can recognize our own, uh, shortcomings and then work on them. I know it, it totally does. It's just, you know, I think, you know, the older you get, you just start to be honest with yourself. And I think that's ties into comedy too. The more honest you are on stage about stuff, the better the jokes are, the more, you know, it could be anything, 
you can as comedians we know how to create the jokes but if we if our jokes come from the truth that is what can separate you from the rest of the pack or just you know be the best comedian that you can be amen that's that's uh absolutely right i think if there's fundamental truth in what we're doing and that's not just comedy i mean it's it's easily to recognize or it's easy to recognize in comedy but i think in anything that any of us are doing if we can be genuine and and real uh we're gonna be the best we can be at it absolutely well rock on man so uh, i mean outside of uh just having more time together, what do you attribute that uh, to on on being able to actually kind of get to know each other better? Um, well, you know, we've just been hanging out more. I've, I've just been involved more, especially you know my stepson. He's he's actually fourteen now, so you know he's starting to you know watch you know uh, starting to watch. Um, I was going to say watch women. <laughs> he's, he's starting to like you know he's starting to like women. Yeah. Um, we're just having more mature conversations. So teaching him about the birds and the bees and, you know, he can't watch everything that is free online because he's watching a lot of free online stuff that I had to, you know, talk to him about. I just, I think it's funny having those conversations, you know, with him about birds and the bees and just different stuff and just really being involved in, 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 uh, in his life and the stuff that he's going through. It's, um, it's really it's an amazing treat, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 14, uh, 14's a tough age. I wouldn't have wanted to know me when I was 14. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but that's, that's good. I mean, and and again, it comes right back to that realness. You know, it sounds like, yep. uh, you don't, you're going to talk to them about, about things, even if they're uncomfortable to talk about. That's, that's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Like I called him, he was watching, um, uh, anime, which I thought it was anime, it was a different version of anime. <laughs> this is the clean podcast, but I, you know, I, I laughed. <laughs> but you know, just having those conversations about him and teaching him about different stuff, and just realizing, you know, stuff is okay. You're gonna you have different hormones. You go through different things. You know, yeah. letting him and for him to be comfortable to talk to me about certain things too, I think is great too. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. To, to be able to approach very natural feelings and and be able to do that yeah. without uh, shame or fear, I guess is is the right exactly. Words. That's exactly you're, you're doing him an incredible service by creating that safe place to be able to talk about things. That's that's awesome. I, I, yes, I, like I mean, I'm so impressed by you. That's incredible. Oh, thank you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a very you know. Uh, always with well, I mean, with all my kids, but definitely with you know, um, like with my stepson, it's, it's always been easy to um, even step in and be his father. It was always a, a easy thing. It was never like, oh, I'm doing this. You know, it was just very easy. It was never, it was never hard. So he's a good one. Yes, he is. He's he. Yeah, he's a good. He's a great. Kid. He's a keeper. That's good. <laughs> he is. He is. I'm tough on him too. I don't think he realizes. Uh, you know, because I, I I am really tough on him. But just because he has a lot of potential, I think he can, you know, obviously I want the best for him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As tough as I know how to be on anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just taking notes here on the changes and feelings. (laughs) Brian, have you noticed that you're going through some changes? Uh, At 54, (laughs) I am going through some 
been I'm having hair is growing in places that it hasn't before. And well, uh, Cam will sit down with you and, and talk all that through. That's right. Want. I will. We'll talk it through. I'm the, the the six nine therapist. Or <laughs> the we, six nine therapist. That's an That's an L skin. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. If you're going to pick something that's going well, uh, family relationships is a good thing to pick. Uh, what's something that you're struggling with though, Cam? Um, struggling with. So I would say, um, just like in comedy or just in, in general, a- anything you want, man, what's, what's something on your mind? What's something you're struggling with? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll start, I'll start with comedy. So I would just say for me with comedy, um, I want to get better at, being in the moment, I would say, like, uh, you know, I'm pretty good when it comes to, like, having a set and knowing what I'm going to say. And depending on, you know, just doing comedy for the last eight years or so, I've been, you know, I can have my set starting in L.A., you know, when to be, you know, I, I can do three minutes, five minutes, 15, 12, 20, 25, 45. I can do all that and I keep it pretty tight. Um, but I think when it comes to like crowd work and other stuff and being more in the room, that's something I definitely need to work on. It's something I never really focused on before. So kind of, um, kind of transitioning from, uh, like, a, a predetermined set to kind of being in the moment. Yep. Right. Being more in the moment. Now I can be in the moment while I'm doing my set. You know, I can say something here and, you know, it's like with the kid, that's not an issue, but I think just more of entrusting myself to just. I'm going to create what I'm going to say while I'm on stage right now. And it's not an open mic. It's a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary feeling. I know I remember one time at Sunday night funnies, which is kind of like a hybrid. It's an open mic, but it's, uh, you know, as you know, you've been there many times, it's a real good crowd and it's, it feels more like a show than an open mic. Uh, but, but I remember the first time I was there and, and, uh, Brian said, Hey, you know, there was a drop. You want to go up? And I actually took the stage without, having any idea what I was going to say. And that it was a terrifying thing, but it, it really, it kind of helped build that muscle of being able to trust, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how, how how are you going to develop that or how are you going to work towards that? Um, I would just say, you know, more shows doing more shows where um, a set is not going to save you. Like, uh, for example, I just did a like a family reunion type of show where, you know, people are walking around getting ice cream and hot dogs. Like that's not the place where there's so much distractions yeah. going on. That's not the place where you're doing a set. You're going to get their attention. Right, right. So I was yeah, saying, that you know, stuff like that. that sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. There's a lot of places, in, you know, in – in the city of Detroit is um, a, l- a lot of places are like that too, where you got to, you know, a lot of times you got to like mess with the crowd a little bit to get their attention and just stuff like that. It's just stuff I want to, I want to venture out and doing. And I know it, if you're on television, the set is the best thing that you can do for the most part. Yeah. Right. So I feel like I got that. Not I want to say I got it down, you know, but I, I'm more definitely more comfortable doing that. I, I wouldn't be, nervous at all if i had to go on tv and do 15 10 i don't care where if it was the tonight show i'd be excited but if they said just create your setup off the top <laughs> i would 
I know I could do it, but I would have to trust myself more to do yeah, it. So I, I hear you. And, and I've, I've yeah. heard that actually like there a lot of comedians that focus more on corporate work, like corporate comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, they've described an experience similar to that family reunion where it couldn't be about you. It couldn't, it can't be about the comedian or their set. It's gotta be about really about the audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a comedy thing that uh, you're struggling with, but it sounds like you got a, a pretty good idea on pushing through and developing that. What's, what's something else on your mind that you might be struggling with? Well, I would, well, I guess it is true. I mean, for me, definitely, I just turned 40, so I want to change my eating habits. That's definitely something that yeah. um, I've been, I've been working on. I sometimes I'm slight, like I did intermittent fasting for like, man, I did it for a few months and then uh, I kind of slid off. So I just want to get back to that and focused on that because um, actually my brother-in-law, who was younger than me, um, actually ended up passing away. And uh, I don't know if it was necessarily like weight related or anything like that, but um, he had he had an aneurysm and it just freaked me out. It just really mm. got me focused. So I need to get back to that. And um, so I would just say, you know, and then when I say because I was serious, I had a friend who became a vegan. He was like my size. Now he's like 220 pounds. He's a vegan. I was like, I'm telling people I want to be a vegan. They think I'm joking, like as a comedian. Like, so they start laughing. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, I got to really like you know, improve what I'm doing because people don't even take me seriously when I say it. So that is, if that, if that's anything, that's definitely something that I'm actually focused on now and working on. Yeah. That's a, that's a big mile marker. 40. That's yeah. Kind of cause. Yeah, for sure. Open up the opportunity to kind of reassess a bit. Yes. Yeah. Cause I always look at stuff like, and then I I like make (laughs) I like making excuses. I'll, I'll say, oh, John Goodman's still living. He's like, you know, 70. You know yep. what I mean? A good statistical <laughs> sampling like John Goodman. <laughs> right, right, right. I look at every big person that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually lost a lot of weight too recently. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I had heard that. Yeah. Good job. Uh, John, if you're yeah. listening, uh, good job on that. Good job. Very proud of you. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's tough. I mean, you know, coming from a recovery background, uh, the the recovery program that I went through was Celebrate Recovery. And it's, it wasn't just uh, about alcohol, you know, people could come in for uh, any number of things. And there were, there were a lot of people in there that uh, struggled deeply with food. And it's amazing how the psychological games, uh, and the the difficulties of alcoholism um, really apply towards everything that people are struggling with, whether it's food or, or um, you know, pornography or, or anything else. It's the same mental struggle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, and I would, I would just encourage you, man, when I look at you, I see somebody who's got, a heart that is just caring and uh, loving the people around them present in those experiences. You know, I see somebody that has an incredible amount of value uh, and somebody who's not shy on delivering that value to the people around them. So I, I, I hope that that's what you see too. When you, when you look in the mirror. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Honestly, thank you. 
Yeah, you're you're a good dude, my friend. And again, it's like just seeing you on stage. It, one of the neat things about you is you're the same on stage as you are off stage. You know, whether it's talking yeah. to you before the show or after show or while you're on stage, you know, that that moment when you give the audience the ability to connect with you and say, hey, you know, this guy isn't uh, as intimidating as as he might have first looked. I mean, that's that's a special thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I and I've heard that my whole life, honestly, even before, way before I was doing comedy, too. So, I mean, to me, it's just me being me, but I, I've heard that a lot through different people. So that's, I mean, that's amazing to even, you know, it's like, I, it's like I'm my own person, which is, you know, may not have made it in, in pro sports the way it may have been <laughs> expected to, but, you know, there's different, uh, different qualities um, that I have, which I think is, I think is cool. Yeah. 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 Um, well. Pro sports. I, I didn't make it in pro sports either. <laughs> no, I didn't either. No. See all, how much we all have in common? I know. Three of us. And, I know. And I none think... of us are professional athletes. That's Exactly. I think for me as a kid, you know, who, you know, different people would just be at my house, like older players, like Dave Bing, Bob Lanier, you know, Mel Farr, if you guys remember Mel Farr, mm-hmm. the superstar, different people like that. So pro athletes were just coming in through my house all the time. They were retired by the time I came around, but it was just, uh, you know, it just seemed like a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that, and it can build some expectation and, and that. For was... sure. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big yeah. time. So that was like, I think I got to the point with basketball where I didn't even try probably as much as I would have wanted to, honestly, because I just felt like it was such a such a feat to get to that level. And the thing about my father, he never even talked to me about playing or like you got to be this kid. He, you know, he really wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do, which I think with comedy with I really first got into just with comedy with my father. He loved Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is his favorite comedian of all time. And mm. he used to let me watch Richard Pryor stand-ups with him. And I just remember how much he would be laughing. And this is the guy that I admired and looked up to so much. And just seeing him loving Richard Pryor, I was like, I guess in the back of my mind, I said, I want to do something like that. Because my nice. father loves comedy. Like, he loves the fact that I'm doing it. Wow. That's great. What a lightning rod yeah. moment to be able to think back on and and that that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Cam, uh if somebody wanted to find you and uh watch you or listen to you use those gifts that your dad encouraged, yes. What would be a good way for them to find you? Website, social media, what's what's your favorite? Yep. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is the same. It's Cam Big Fella Row. So C A M big fella and then row R O W E. So you can find me there. Um, I'm working on getting a website. I really need to work on that. And um, I got some shows coming up. Well, not, yeah, I actually have a bunch of stuff coming up. I'm going to Las Vegas in September for the world series of comedy. Cool. Um, and I got some stuff with Darren McCarty, who is a former, NHL superstar. Mm-hmm. I opened a lot of shows for him. Um, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. I'm doing that. Well, I'm not doing that till March, but um, different places. So yeah, look me up online and you know follow me, and I'll definitely post my shows so you know people can come out 
Cool, cool. Terrific. Thank you so much for being on the show, Cam. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Yeah, Cam, always good to talk with you. Thank you, guys. This is great. I, I love this. And I, I didn't cuss one time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 